0: Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. Our mission is to create space for all people to experience the compassionate love of the Father and to discover the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today, recorded live inside the Wilson Performing Arts Auditorium at Platt County High School in Platt City, Missouri. So two weeks ago, we got a chance to to gather and I was gonna share these things then, but I didn't get a chance to do that because it was just such an incredible busy day. We had nine baptisms, it was special. These are a few things I wanted to share with you that morning. For one, thank you for everybody who made that day possible. It was an incredible day. Thanks for Libby and company. You all know who you are, those who who got up early, who provided things to make it all be as beautiful as as it was. Thanks to my mom, who's actually here today. Thanks to my mom who gave birth to me, tolerated me. I guess I was a fussy baby. I'm glad she didn't give me back. Um, and she made us a cake that day, so that was awesome. Thanks to those who have been with us from the very beginning. So if you were there on the first Sunday of the Calling Community Church, stand up. Awesome. I'll stay, stay, stay standing up, very good, very good. If you, are on the board, you serve at the, on the board of directors, which is kind of like our elders in this church, and the core team would serve like deacons. Stay standing, the rest of you can sit down. I don't have enough time, obviously, to tell you, to tell Ollie what they mean to Trish and I. So thank you so much for you guys. You guys can see. Special thanks to Tony and Casey, uh, Flohart. Uh, thanks to Tony for going to lunch with me that one Faithful day at Five Guys when we met, and he knew it was coming. But I was like, Hey, Tony, would you want to just kind of do this on a regular basis and be our worship leader? And I don't know if it was the food that got him or what. He, a weak moment, and he said yes. And so, four and a half years later, we're still serving together. Thanks to all the volunteers who serve here so faithfully each week. And you know who you are. You, and some of them are serving right now, so they don't even, they're not even in here to hear this. Church cannot function without people who give of their time and their gifts and their talents to make it possible Amen. if you have yet to put your hand to the plow and you haven't started serving yet you're missing out you're missing out the one being fulfilled by using your gifts and you're missing the people that you get to serve and bless and so i would encourage you to jump in and the church can, will not continue to grow unless other people step up to help serve it's just got to be it's gotta be that way. Oh, real quick, no, listen, if you're not here by eleven o'clock, you're getting locked out, alright? Some of you already know that by experience, because they lock the door at eleven o'clock for a couple of reasons. For one, the janitor's alone in the building, in different parts of the building, so it's for her safety, and it keeps people from wandering in off the street. Not that we don't want people to come here, but eleven o'clock's kind of the cutoff time. So make sure you're here. We really prefer you be here by 10 30, all right? In your seats ready to go. Hopefully we make that happen. One day, one day it'll happen. We'll see. So thanks to all that invested prayerfully and financially over the past five years. Thanks to my selfless wife, who's not even here today because she's serving another uh, family of ours um, for a wedding today. She's getting ready for a wedding this afternoon, and so I will just tell you how much how selfless my wife is. My wife is actually serving my ex-wife because it's her daughter who's getting married today. She's there making, getting everything beautiful and ready to go. So she's, that's just who she is. Thank you for my family, for my kids, the sacrifices they've made over the years. Thanks to all those who believed in us and this vision that we call the calling community church. This, This passage of scripture is for all of you. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 through 6. And most importantly, obviously, we thank the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So this whole thing started several years ago when someone came to me and said, You should pass through your own church, Brady. Or if you ever start a church, Brady, we're going to come to it. And I was like, sure. (laughs) Right. Okay. Maybe one of these days. We'll see if that actually ever happens. I thought maybe that day was going to come in 2011 when the Baptist Church up in Dearborn, Missouri was looking for a new pastor that obviously didn't work out because I wasn't ever there and here I am today. Then a year later, I was leaving my ministry at the First Baptist Church here in Platte City that I had served at for 15 years as a youth pastor, going to Vineyard Church to serve there. Some of you I met there at Vineyard Church. While I was there, I began to feel like God was doing something else had something else in mind. And so other than just being a youth minister, I knew it was time to do something different. It actually felt like I was kind of in a box and I couldn't figure out why I was feeling that way. Well, one day a friend prayed for me. She told me that God knew how I was feeling and that he was about ready to lift the lid off of the box. Well, on March 23rd in 2014, he began to lift the lid. When I heard uh, Pastor Fred Heron say this phrase during a sermon, he said, do you ever feel like your current reality um, is, is like here, but your calling is over here. And I thought, you know what? Yes, that's exactly how I feel. And so at that particular moment, I knew that something was going to change. Two months later, I stepped out of that box completely into this brand new adventure of faith. I say I, but I mean, we obviously my wife and my family and those who faithfully followed along and who have kept their word when they said, Brady, if you ever started church, I'm going to go. And people who've said that are here today. I just wanted to give you a few highlights before we jump in. Do me a favor, turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 3, because that's where we're going to be today. We're going to hit the ground running here in just a minute. Just to share just some highlights over the past five years. We started to pray, and we searched for a place and a day to launch the church. We met, we prayed, and we gave sacrificially. We opened up a bank account on a Wednesday and prayed that we have something to put in it on the following Sunday. Uh, Our Father's Day in 2014, we held our first official service as a new church at the YMCA in Platte City. And 90 plus people attended and affirmed this calling. There was a story that uh, that I want to share with you real quick that led up to that day. It was a day that some of you have heard about this before, but there was a day back in... I think around 2007, 2008, when I was at the YMCA and I was uh, exercising, and this guy came in. It was a complete stranger. He was just happened to be in town, and he saw me and he came up to me and said, "Hey, you, uh, you are you a believer?" And I'm like, "Yeah." So how did you know? I said, "Well, I saw your WWJD bracelet. I saw your cross. I saw the way that you were interacting with the people. I just felt like you were a brother in Christ." I said, "Yeah, I am." He said, "Well, hey, man." I don't know what what God's got going on or what's happening in your life right now, but God's got a word for you today. And I'm like, really? I said, yeah. What is it? He said, well, in Galatians chapter six, verse nine, it says, "Do not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you don't give up." You know, you've heard this before. Maybe you haven't. But that day, I was ready. I was done. I was ready to quit. I was ready to quit my family. I was ready to quit my ministry. I was tired. And I, I was, I was, I felt like I was disabled at that particular point. My, I was dry in my faith. I was dry in my marriage. I was just dry. I like I'd given and given and given. And I couldn't go on anymore. And he said, "Hey, God says don't give up." It lit a spark in me that literally changed my direction. It turned me around. And then I stood on that day in 2014, looking at the 90 plus people there, and say, "You know what? This is part of the harvest that would have never happened if I would have given up." This morning is part of the harvest that would have never happened if I would have gave up. And he said, "Don't give up." And so we have we stayed friends. And uh, just a few weeks ago, probably a month ago, a family visited our church. They were in town just uh, on a uh, wedding visit or whatever. They came to church, and one of the young ladies came forward to, at the end to talk and to pray. She was turned out. She was an American ninja warrior. Like she was like this, like. She was an incredible-looking athlete. And she said, uh, yeah, you know, we're in town, blah, blah, blah. I found out that she went to the University of the Cumberlands in Kentucky. Guess where this man who I met at the YMCA is now the head football coach? The University of the Cumberlands. Guess who who were in class together at the University of the Cumberlands when they were in college? This girl, Michelle, and this guy named Matt. Matt said, Michelle impacted me in a profound way while we were in college because she was leading a Bible study. She was on fire for Jesus and it turned my life around. Do you understand this? This woman who happened to show up at our church just on a whim impacted Matt who happened to show up at the YMCA on a whim who shared this word for me by a divine appointment that affected me to this day. That's who this God is. That we gather to worship today. He is concerned about every little detail in your your life and in your story. He's a part of it, whether you see him right now or not. So, a few months later, we celebrated as a church. We had our first baptisms. It was on my birthday uh, back in 2014. Ten people, including an entire family of four, got baptized. It was a beautiful day. My mom was there too, made us a cake. There's a theme here: moms and cakes. Since then, we baptized many more people in pools, Smithville Lake, right here in this auditorium. God is in all the details. Like the day that we found out we we could baptize people here, we were like, well, how are we going to get the water in? How are we going to get the water out? Well, God sent Scott Martin and his family to our church who happens to have a business that can machine that and suck water out and put water in and heat it up. So God just knows exactly what it is that we need, right? When we need it. Last Sunday we celebrated nine more, or a couple Sundays ago, we celebrated nine more baptisms. That first year was full of some mountaintop moments, some really, really hard ones too. I was told from other church planters that you will end up losing some of the people that you started with. And I was sure that that would never happen to us, but it did. And that's one of the hardest parts of leading a church is when people come, that's awesome. But when people leave, it's hard not to take it personal. We've had families leave recently, but they've left because they got moved or transferred or whatever. But it's just, it's still hard because you get connected and you pour out your heart to them. After that happened, after people left our church, some of the leadership in our church left, I was in a very dark place when a dear friend of me, a friend of mine shared a story about King David. When he came back from a battle and the, they had, somebody had come in and they'd taken all of the, his kids and his wives and his livestock. And he was he was very distressed and all the people that were with him were distressed. And they were all talking about stoning the leader. So it usually happens. When things go bad, the leader kind of takes the blame. And that's okay. And it says in that passage of Scripture that David strengthened himself in the Lord. And I was reminded that day that that's what I have to do. When things get hard, that there is a God in heaven who loves me, who has called me. And I can strengthen myself in him. I can't get my help, my help from people. I have to get it from the one who created me. God has been faithful to fill those vacancies with new people that come with a fresh passion and new ideas. And four and a half years ago, we hired Tony, like I said before. We've seen some steady and healthy growth over the years in our attendance and in our budget, because living things are supposed to grow. We started with around, like I said, 90 plus people. And you know, if everyone who calls this church their church home would show up on the same day, you would be blown away. There'd probably be 250 people sitting here in the auditorium. Uh, we're still waiting for that day to happen. We've continued to be a generous church. We have a story. In the very beginning, there was a guy who came to church, shared his testimony. He'd come into town on fumes and was really struggling with his faith and with life or whatever. He took up a love offering that day. And he walked out of our auditorium with $1,000 in his pocket. We were a small church then, but we were a generous church. And we will always continue to be generous church we collect um offerings every week and 10% of that money goes into a fund to help people that are in need that's who we want to be we support all kinds of ministries here locally transitional housing through hillcrest we give the missions we volunteer at treasure chest we've invested in the lives of the unborn by partnering with parkville women's clinic we love and support ryan campbell and the fellowship of christian athletes hope city down in the city pastor leonardo's church in the inner city We went went on a mission trip last year, a year ago. Today, we were coming back from Peru. We were in there doing missions and ministering to people. We're going to Dallas next 17th of July. From the beginning, we believe that our church should be simple. We don't have to have a whole lot of bells and whistles because we want people to come to be producers and givers and not consumers. We believe that parents are responsible for discipling their children. The church should help and equip them to support them to do their best we can't do it in the short time that we have here on Sunday morning. That's the reason why we hired Justin to help families be better at it. Over the past five years, we've dedicated several babies to the Lord. Perfect timing for the baby crying in the background. We uh, This next baby wave has started. <laughs> And we got, uh, with the Kenokies, they had one, and then the Duplins had one, and the Jairuses had one, and there's more to come, alright? So just hold on. That's why we need more Hershey volunteers. Sign up. We shared some really amazing moments together, and let's just be honest, we've shared one of the hardest moments any church could ever share when we lost the precious little boy named Landon. But you know what? You know what I saw? I saw the church be the church. I saw Joe Leathers Hugging Steve Nichols, Landon's grandpa, in the hospital. They hadn't really known each other that long, but I saw a man loving a man in the only way that a man can. That was a beautiful picture of the church. At this point, we've probably had more people come and go than we've had stay and serve. (laughs) That's just part of it. But we're here for a purpose. We're humbled by anyone who wants to put their hand in the plow. You've been blessed with favor from this school, from this community. We need to continue to pray as we ask the what's next question when it comes to facilities. Uh, Next month, we'll sign a three-year contract with the school. So we know for the next three years, we have a place to call home. After that, we don't know. We might extend it on or God might have something else for us in store. Just like he knew we were supposed to be here when we didn't even know it. So I encourage you to be in prayer about that. I could go on and on, but I won't. We don't have time. I'm just an unschooled, ordinary man who has been with Jesus. And one of my favorite lines is, it's not what, it's not what you know, but it's who you know. Right. And I'm glad that I know all of you. Thank you for being part of this thing called the Calling Community Church. Acts chapter three. So let me acknowledge today, just like I did on Mother's Day, that this day might be a challenge for some of you for multiple reasons. Maybe you're suffering some sort of loss today when it comes to the thought of a father, a father figure. Um, Just a moment ago in the hallway, a, a, a woman told me of the passing of her father, you know, right here on Father's Day now part of her story to remember her dad um sometimes relationships with dads can be difficult i never knew my real father Um, then i had a stepdad who was a good man who raised me and passed away in 1994 Um, and god's put another good man in my life to to be a father figure to me god's put many of you in my life to father me And so I have my own unique relationship with this day, and I know some of you do as well. If your dad is available and he's around and you have access to him, please let him know that you appreciate him, even if it's difficult. Maybe today's a good day to say I'm sorry, or a good day to say I forgive you. Whatever it is that the Lord leads you to. So remember last week when we talked about the Holy Spirit, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit, uh, I, just, I just thought about this particular passage of scripture in Romans chapter 8. It says, if you uh, it says, for all those led by God's Spirit, it says, are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery, it says, to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, whom we, all of us, cry out, Abba Father. Daddy, God, the spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we and if, if children, we are also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we also may be glorified with him. And that says in a passage scripture, she says, how great is the love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. So regardless of your your relationship with your father, and the situation that you find yourself in right now, you are his child by the power of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you are not fatherless. You have a daddy in heaven, and and that's God revealed himself to me that way a long time ago because of of me not having that father figure in my life for a while. Amen? Amen? That's good news, isn't it? Very good news. Acts chapter 3. If I was going to give this sermon a title today, and you're thinking, man, we've already preached quite a bit. No, there's more coming, so get ready. If I was going to give this sermon a title today, I would call it, Get Up and Walk. I'm going to challenge you men especially to get up off of your hind end and walk. To lead, to be an example, to be who God's called you to be. Get up and walk. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple for the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. A man who was lame from birth was being carried there. He was placed each day at the temple gate called beautiful so that he could beg from those entering the temple. Like if you were going to go somewhere to beg, church should be the right place, right? It's a strategic location. It's like the little girl who set her, her Girl Scout cookie Uh, Table up in front of the place where they were selling marijuana, all right? It's a strategic (laughs) place. You know, go to the church. They'll help you there. We've had people walk off the street, come into our church on Sunday morning. Hey, well, you're a church. I know you help people, right? Can you help me? And I always say, yeah, absolutely, we'll help you. But you know what? stay around and worship with us. You know what? 90% of the time they do. Well, um, oh, I'm kind of, I don't know if I have time. We well, must not need help that bad. But it's a strategic place for this, this guy to be placed every single day. A man lame from birth, placed at this temple gate called beautiful. But I wanna, I wanna give you something, a different reference to think about. This gate, instead of thinking about it as in beautiful, which it probably was beautiful, it literally means the, uh, the gate of ripeness, of the right time. It was a coming and going of the right time. It was a place where they bring in the first fruits to the temple to offer them to the God. The right produce, bringing it before the Lord at just the right time. Wrap your mind around that, all right? At just the right time. Time. So think about it in this context. This man has been placed there every day for the longest time. He was lame from birth. And that day for him was the right time. Because listen to what happens. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked for money. Of course he did. Because in his situation, he feels like, that's what I need more than anything else. I just need a handout. Just give me a little bit of money. I'll get something to eat, whatever, and I'll get through the day. Give me my daily bread today. My question was, is why didn't he ask them to pray for him? Or maybe he had asked people for prayer for many years, but it never did any good. For whatever reason, prayer just wasn't working, and he thought, I just need money more than I need prayer. Some of us might be in that place today. You know, what? I've tried the whole prayer thing and it just doesn't work. If I could just get a better job or if I could just get a little bit more of this and a little bit more of that, that would be the thing that I need the most. And he asked them for money, which makes sense. Peter, along with John, looked straight at him and said, look at us. So he turned to them, expecting to get something from them. Do you come to church? Expecting to get something fresh. Something that you need from the Lord. I hope you do. Expecting to get something from the But Peter said, I don't have silver or gold. Now he might have, but he knew that's not what he needed. <laughs> but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Get up and walk. Then taking him by the right hand, he raised him up. And at once his feet and ankles became strong. So he jumped up and started to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Do you not not see the miracle here? Like Babies have to learn over a process, over time, to learn how to walk. And this man who's never walked in his life immediately started walking. Not only was he walking, but he was praising, praising God. It says all the people saw him walking and praising God. They recognized him that he was the one who used to sit and beg at the temple gate or the beautiful gate of the temple. So they were filled with awe and astonishment at what had happened to him. I, I had this thought, I said, you know what? When, When I was younger, when I first really started getting serious about Jesus, People who saw my new life, see me like running and jumping and praising God. Cause I hadn't been doing that before. There were people who were in awe and thought it was awesome. And there were some other people who saw it and thought it was awful. Brady, why man? Come on, dude, Man, you're missing out on some fun. You're not going to go to the bars with us anymore, Brady, man. You're going to miss out on some fun. Don't, don't, don't do not the church thing. It's not going to work, man. You'll do it for a while. And you'll find out it's really not that cool. You'll burn out. And you'll be right back here, man. Don't, don't, don't. It's awful, Brady. I'm seriously. people had this conversation with me. They were foolish. They had never experienced what it was like to be lame one minute and to be able to leap and jump and walk the next. They had never experienced that. And I had. Here's an interesting thought. At this particular time, when this story was happening, there would have been people coming to the temple and they would have been praying prayers. They would have been praying psalms called the Hallel. Psalm 113 through Psalm 118. Okay, real quick, turn, turn back in your Bible to Psalm 113. I think this is really a fascinating thought. So, so picture this man, once again, before he... Before he was healed, he's sitting there day after day, year after year at this strategic location, people coming in and out, praying prayers, and it might be possible that that day he would have heard this praise, this prayer going on inside the temple gates. He was outside the temple, but he's listening and he's hearing these people inside the temple. And think about this. What if he would have heard this prayer, this praise that day from a group of worshipers that were coming there? So get it again. Picture this man, lame from birth, sitting outside the temple gate. He's, He's hearing this. Hallelujah. Give praise, servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be blessed both now and forever. From the rising of the sun to its setting, let the name of the Lord be praised. Yes, it's good, isn't it? Good stuff, right? The Lord is exalted above all the nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord, our God, the one enthroned on high, listen, this is gonna get good for him, who stoops down, to look on the heavens and the earth. Man, God stooped down in the form of a man named Jesus. And he walked on this earth. He healed people, this man. And then here's here's where it gets really good for this man. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the trash. Can you imagine this man saying uh, over here, I'm in the trash heap. <laughs> I'm, I, I need some lifting. Anybody, anyone, they're inside church, praising and lifting up these prayers. And the man's outside is like, that's me. I've just realized they're talking about me. Now remember that passage earlier when I said we're heirs, co-heirs with Christ, seated with Christ in the heavenlies, Give us an authority. That's who we are in Christ. And listen to this, it says in order to seat them with the nobles, with the nobles of his people, there's no more noble place than be seated with Christ in the heavenlies. That's right. He gives the childless woman a household, gives her a family, making her the joyful mother of children. Hallelujah. This is what this man is hearing. And he's like, that's me. I'm the man in the trash heap. And then comes along Peter and John. And they give him something way beyond what he expected. And they lift him up out of the dust. Walking, he's praising. It says, while he was holding on to Peter and John, of course, like, man, I don't know if at that point he was like, whoa, wait, a, I'm running and jumping. I've never done this before. And he had to hold on to Peter and John, or he's just like, those dudes are cool. I'm not going anywhere without them. It says, all the people, utterly astonished, ran towards them is what, in what is called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, Peter was like, Man, instant audience, this is going to be good. He addressed the people. He says, fellow Israelites, why are you amazed at this? Why do you stare at us as though we had made him walk by our own power or godliness? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and denied before Pilate, though he had decided to release him. You denied the Holy One, the Holy and Righteous One, and asked have a murderer released to you. You killed the source of life. It wasn't like this nice little friendly. Like comfortable sermon. To make everybody feel good in the pew. Like Peter was giving it to him. You killed the source of life. Whom God raised from the dead. And we are witnesses of this. By faith in his name. Here's the key. By faith in his name. Has made this man strong. Whom you see and know. So the faith that comes through Jesus. Has given him this perfect health in front of all of you. Listen, this man would not be able to get up and walk if it wasn't for the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And it wasn't for his faith in the name of Jesus. And now, brothers and sisters, I know that you acted in ignorance, just as your leaders also did. In this way, God fulfilled what he had predicted through all the prophets that this Messiah would suffer. And he says, therefore, Repent. And turn back so that your sins may be wiped out. That the seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And that he may send Jesus who has been appointed for you as the Messiah. Heaven must receive him until the time of restoration of all things. Guess what? There's going to be another right moment in history. At just the right time. That Jesus is going to come back. He's going to lift us all up out of this dust. Hallelujah. Amen. He's going to Man, I like this guy. He's going to see us. Together with Christ in the heavenlies, we're going to experience it. We're, we're only getting a taste of it today, but he's been, we're going to experience it fully that day. It's going to be a right moment. It's going to be a beautiful moment. It says, which God spoke about through his holy prophets from the beginning. Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like, like me from among your brothers and sisters. You must listen to everything he tells you and everything. or it says, And everyone who does not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from the people. In addition, all of the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those after him have also foretold about these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your ancestors, saying to Abraham, and all of the families of the earth will be blessed through your offspring. Last verse. God raised up his servant and sent him, it says, and sent him. First to you to bless you by turning each of you from your evil ways. Listen, he said to them, you've acted in ignorance. There are people who do not know any better because they've never heard the truth. I'm guessing most of us are not those people. We have heard the truth. We know the truth. But there are people who walk around us every single day that are walking in ignorance. But there are also those who walk in obstinance. They heard the truth. They've known the truth and they're stubborn and refuse to believe it. Oh, yeah, I see the evidence. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see the man walking. I've seen him be healed. I've seen all the stuff that God's done. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But you know what? I'll just do it on my own. I'll do it on my own. I lived there once. My own way is the wrong way. I'm going to finish up. And the worship team, go ahead, come on up. This whole idea, therefore, repent and turn back. I want to finish with these, these, uh, these words, these thoughts on repentance. And this is where it's going to challenge us to get up. It's going to challenge us to get up and walk. It's going to challenge us who have been lame from birth, all of us, to repent. To get up and walk a different direction. Listen to uh, Charles Spurgeon's thoughts on repentance. I want you guys to hear this. Listen, we're going to hang in with me. All right. Don't give up. Repent signifies in its literal meaning to change one's mind. But although that is the meaning of the root, the word has come in scriptural use to mean a great deal more. Repentance is a discovery of the evil of sin, mourning over the fact that one has committed it, and a resolution then to forsake it. It is in fact, this is is where it gets really good, a change of mind of a deep and practical character that makes a person love what once he hated and hate what he once loved. Hear it again. This causes a person to love what he once hated and hate what he once loved. Turn back refers to a conversion, a turning around, a turning from and a turning to, a turning from sin and a turning to holiness, a turning from careless and a turning to thought using what God has given us. Turning from the world to heaven, from self to Jesus, a complete turning with the result that it says in scriptures that has wiped out our sin. There is no better offer than this planet. Maybe that is you today. Maybe you've been lame from birth. Because of your sin. There's other obstacles getting in the way right now of you getting up and walking. Really walking. Thanks again for choosing this podcast from The Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church, or need to talk to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com, and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.